Hello. Okay, here we go. Hello, everyone, and uh, welcome to another edition of the IDOC Focal Point Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Steve Vargo, and uh, I have the pleasure of, of talking today with Alessandro Barante, and we're going to spend some time talking about safety protocols in the optical, which is something we've received a lot of questions about, and hopefully we can clear up some uh, misunderstandings and, and share some ideas that you can implement in your practices as well. So let me give you a, a little background on Alessandro. Alessandro serves as the president and CEO of Dorigo REM, the LA-based subsidiary of Italian eyewear manufacturer Dorigo Vision. And IDOC is a proud partner of Dorigo. And Alessandro has over 30 years of optical experience he began his journey in the U.S. as a sales consultant for Luxottica Wholesale North America, moving through the organization to lead the U.S. sales market as the VP of sales for the Western region. And most recently, Alessandro held the position of vice president of industry relations and education for Luxottica North America. He's an esteemed ABO and COPE certified industry speaker and he conducts countless numbers of seminars for thousands of ECPs every year. So, Alessandro, it's great to have you here, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Steve. It's a, it's a pleasure, and it's also an honor for the, for the invitation to be able to address myself to, to your members. And uh, hopefully, as you said, we can clarify some of the some of the confusion as we all go through this uh, moment of, uh, of an unknown, right? So... Thank you. Yes, thank you. I have no doubt we'll, uh, we will. So obviously, one of the main issues that's come up as a result of this is the, um, the touching material supplies, frames, and uh, setting up protocols to really limit that. Is there, or rather, where should I say, where can I get? I mean, where would someone get software for patients to virtually try on frames um, before coming into the office? Yeah, that's a great uh, question to start. And, uh, and I, I am uh, certain that we're going to see um, a, a strong uh, development uh, evolu evolution of uh, different tools available in the marketplace. Uh, I know that there are different companies that they're getting up to, to enhance their offering. And I will say that today, as is today, for my point of view, the company that offers the best solution in terms of value and in terms of uh, efficiency is, um, is my frame gallery, which is a service provided by, by Jobson. And um, I can tell you, Steve, that I believe so much in their product that I actually created a collaboration with, uh, with Jobson where with the referral of the RigoRam, uh, we actually offer the first uh, 30 days uh, for, uh, for free. And, uh, and of course, uh, you know, for your members, since we have an amazing relationship and some of your members are doing a very large volume, there is also an opportunity to potentially co-op a part of, uh, of the entire fees if there is enough uh, business volume uh, for, uh, for, for the year. Um, why do I like uh, these uh, technologies so much? Because um, first of all, it's a it's a true uh, digital experience where patient can actually see the product. And as you know, Frame Data has the largest uh, digital database in, in, in North America about uh, frames. So there is the opportunity for an independent healthcare professional to 
upload inventory in which way they want. They can upload as many frames as they want. They can do a selective upload based on whatever inventory they want to display. And there is also a try-on technology supported by Feedinbox, which is a, a good try-on technology. So you can actually have a full experience, but you actually try on uh, the, the frame. The other thing that I like is that um, the, the digital experience doesn't show pricing and, and doesn't allow the patient to actually purchase the frame online. See, we don't want to do that. We want to keep uh, that, um, that experience as a, as, a, as a way for patient to try on the product, but the transaction has to be completed in the practice because uh, in our industry, we know how much um, personalized a product is. And for you as a doctor, there is a very important point about uh, inspecting your expectation. And we know all of the challenges with, the, with an online transaction. So we don't want to push the behavior all the way to an online transaction. But I think we want to push the behavior where we um, integrate a, a mix of a virtual and a human touch combined, uh, combined together that it will help us to dramatically reduce the, uh, some of the potential risk of transmission of the, of the coronavirus. Yeah, it, it's a great point about finding that balance between the virtual and the live, because I, I think that's been a concern with a lot of doctors, even with having online opticals is, well, I'm afraid if I do that, I'll push them into the, the wild, wild west of, of the internet. So finding that balance, I think that the technology has improved a lot in that area. The, the, the virtual try-ons as well. I remember the early renditions of that were not very, <laughs> they weren't very impressive. No, no, it, it, is, a, it is impressive on how they could not, the technology is advancing. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I think we're going to see a, a huge and faster ramp up on the, on the technology. And, uh, but and I, I'm, I'm also seeing the adoption rate to, that is growing dramatically. Obviously, in the last 55 days, what we saw we saw a dramatic ramp up in the in the consumer's behavior when it comes to online uh, online experience, uh, shopping experience. So now there is a, it's almost an expectation. You know, if you don't have it, you're almost like uh, penalized. You know, so mm -hmm. now it's become. You know, we've been talking about this uh, for uh, for several years about the importance to create an omni-channel experience, and now more than ever before is becoming a must, both uh, on the website, but also as, uh, as patient comes in the practice. I think it's important to have that omni-channel in the practice as well um, to, to minimize uh, the number of frames that, um, that patients are going to try on. Because you know, every frame that is, that is tried on, it needs to, be, needs to be not only clean, but needs to be uh, sanitized, uh, which is a different concept. Now we're going to talk about the difference between cleaning and sanitizing. And uh, but you know, it's uh, it's important to offer those type of uh, solutions, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, we were already seeing those trends go toward you know more online shopping to begin with, and with the this recent pandemic, I... um, and um, they actually have a COVID nineteen uh, segment on their website, and they provide all kinds of uh, material for. Uh, uh, for optometrists to be able to order to gear up uh, their practice. But I would strongly suggest to have an area that is protected with a sneeze, with, with a sneeze guard or a plastic shield where the, where the patient can actually remove the mask and try the frame on. Because uh, as soon as you put the frame on on a mask, what is going to happen, the demo lenses are going to fog up. And so that's the first the challenge. The second challenge is that uh, you're not going to be able to see yourself properly if you have a mask on. So... Uh, in, in that moment, the patient, in, in their privacy, respecting social distancing, 
I suggest that they can remove the mask, try the frame on, make the selection, put the, frame, the, the mask back on, and then finalize the transaction with the, with the technician. So I will, I, will do it, uh, I will do it that way. There is, I don't think there is anything wrong, uh, uh, anything wrong with, with that. I can, mm-hmm. I can tell you all of the different procedures that we follow in my, in my company to sanitize the company daily. And, uh, and I think that needs to be done in an optometric practice. Uh, there are things that has to be done after each patient leaves specific area, but also sanitation of the area daily. And if we deliver that message, I think as uh, patients are checking in as, as, uh, with, with a simple uh, end out or with a sign that is at the front desk to make people feel that uh, you're fine, the environment is uh, safe, these are the six or seven steps that we implemented to, to keep you safe. So we want you to, re, to relax. We're going to ask you to wear the mask, to wear the gloves. There are going to be moments that we're going to ask you to even be able to remove it. But, you know, as long as you follow the direction, everybody's going to be, is going to be okay. I think if we, if we get to that point and we kind of all kind of relax a little bit, everything is going to be be, and, and be smoother and things are going to move along easier for everybody. Yeah, I, I think some of these things are going to fit people's expectations as well in terms of what you, which have changed completely in the last one to two months. There's just some things you expect to see. You go to the grocery store, you expect to see the, the tape set up or for six feet away and, and somebody yeah. cleaning the handles on the. So our expectations as consumers and, and that bleeds into patients as well as has completely changed. So I think it's good to walk through, you know, take a, the, the explore your own office and walk through through the eyes of a patient and ask yourself, what would I expect to see? What would I feel safe um, in, the, in this? What would I need to see to, to feel safe in this environment? The, can I ask you to, it's a, a bit of a, not directly related to what we're talking about, but you said something before I thought was really interesting. Did you say 90% of people who choose glasses end up picking the very first frame that they try on? Yeah. Can you expand on that? That's really interesting. I, I didn't know that. What, why do you think that is? Well, it's a, you know, the, the, it's a result of a statistic and survey done in the industry. And um, you know, uh, there is different type of publication that they speak about that. I think it's part of the uh, human behavior and uh, it, it's that first impulse. And uh, you know, it, it happens to be that first frame that patients try on. They, they, you know, they put it on, they put it back down, they try other mm-hmm. products on, and then they have a tendency to go back to the first uh, to the first pair. I also have to be to give a credit to to the amazing opticians that we have in the United States. You know that they're really really professionally prepared, and um, uh, you know in particular, you know with this if they have uh, you know proper certification and uh, and and they took a specific uh, formation uh, classes to be able to do that. It, it becomes almost an in- instinct to know when you see a patient. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what is yeah. the right the fit for that? Yeah. Well, it also highlights the need to know that as well. The training of the opticians to be able to look at somebody, their, the shape of their frame, the color of their hair, all those style issues, be able to recognize the problems they're having and direct them in the right direction. I, if, if, 90, if that number is as high as 90%, that really, I would think, should factor into how you direct patients and, and the training that, that in, is involved with the opticians as well. Yeah, and Steve, at this point, um, uh, for my point of view, more than directing is uh, is a bringing to them uh, the, the the product. I would strongly suggest mm-hmm. as the patient comes in uh, to really 
to really actually remove from the mm -hmm. board those, uh, those five or six pieces, put it on a tray and, and, and direct more of a, of a, of a selection based on, uh, based on that. The data from the omni-channel um, experience can also help us a lot. I'll give you an example. One of the options that, uh, that my train gallery has is that, let's say, Steve, I have an appointment with you next Wednesday at, at, at 9 o'clock. Uh, you can actually send me an email uh, the day before or two days prior to my appointment. And you can say, Alessandro, you know, you can customize the message. You can say something like that, you know, Alessandro, in preparation for your, for your appointment, we wanted to send you these uh, 10 new releases of, uh, of John Barbados because we noticed that on your previous visit, you choose John Barbados. And uh, these are the 10 new releases that we feel are right for you. And, um, and I'm going to know that you saw that and, and all of a sudden, I'm already directing you in a specific, uh, in a specific behavior. So as I come in uh, next Wednesday, you can simply have those uh, 10 pieces for me on the desk for my appointment. And you know, it's going to be easier for me. It's going to be easier for your staff. And it's going to be quicker and safer. So we can do it that way as well. So we're getting a little bit away from safety here. But while I've got you here, I'm going to take advantage of this. Would you recommend fitting before someone actually has their exam? Not, not maybe not fitting, but actually inviting people into the optical, showing some frames on. Because one thing I've come to realize is that a great way to sell it to not sell a pair of glasses is make sure the patient never gets into the optical after the exam. And that happens all too often that the the, the stopping point becomes the exam, and the patient makes up their mind that they're not going to get their glasses today, or they're not going to get their glasses there, where. I think we know that if we could just get them into the optical, we might actually be able to get them curious or find that pair that they just fall in love with. So it, would your approach be to actually in, in some way present the patient with a couple frames? So even if they weren't planning on buying frames that day, they might go into the eye exam thinking, well, I'm going to rethink this because I really like that pair that they just showed me. No, I will not do that in these circumstances, and I'll, I'll tell you why, Steve. Um, I think it's very important that, that, that an optometric uh, practice uh, really works uh, very diligently right now on the, on the efficiency. Mm -hmm. We know that patients are not going to be willing to wait and to wait in the waiting room. So we, we need to think about different, uh, different things. Uh, for example, I, I'm hearing that uh, the... the Curb service is very effective right now, virtually welcoming the patient as they're arriving in the parking lot. I'm hearing a lot of uh, optometrists that they have actually a staff member outside of the office uh, checking in the patient as they're in the car and either calling them or paging them. And they put actually a, a note on the file and uh, Susie, she's in the white, white Audi outside. So they go back and they actually call Susie when uh, Susie is ready. So Susie comes in. There is no waiting time. All of the all of the paperwork is already being completed. That's another important thing to make sure that we do all of the, the preliminary paperwork either online or prior to the appointment. So Susie come in, goes straight into the, into the pre-testing room, goes straight into the into the um, into the into the exam lane. And I think it's very important for the doctor to to drive this because uh, the the doctor prescribing what is right for the patient, it's a must to drive uh, the, the transaction of, uh, of uh, the eventual sales of the, of the material. Because this is not only about, uh, you know, selling one piece of eyewear. This is about addressing the need of, uh, of the patient. I mean, in some cases, it can be 
two pair of eyewear. In some cases, it can be three pair of eyewear. It's going to be based on the decision of the doctor and the prescription that the doctor is going to is going to make. And uh, so, I think it's important to follow these uh, these uh, steps. And um, and if we do it properly, we're going to have an opportunity not only to make that patient happy, but also to to leverage on, uh, in some cases, it can be the, uh, the benefit of insurance. In some cases, it can be a financing plan to be able to address uh, the specific need of, uh, of the patient. So I will follow that procedure for now. In the old days, uh, when uh, b- before COVID-19, um, where the efficiency was always an issue, uh, think about it, Steve, you know, I don't know about your specific practice, but uh, I, I, uh, the average waiting time of a patient in the waiting room uh, in the old days prior to COVID-19, it was between uh, uh, 15 to 20 minutes of waiting time for the eye exam. Um, obviously, we cannot think that way uh, anymore. But back in the days, back in the days, it was appropriate to tell to the patient, let's start to browse so we can... Uh, we can kill some of that 15, 20 minutes time and make it a little bit smoother. Now we cannot do that because the optical dispensary has to be um, has to be kept as a safe environment. In most cases, based on the sizes of the optical dispensary, you may have the possibility to have one, two patients. In some cases, if you have a small optical dispensary, now based on the square footage, you may be able to have more patients, but for most of the optometry, it's not going to be more than two, maybe three patients at a time. So we have to be sensitive to that as well. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree completely from a safety and efficiency standpoint. I think my consultant brain went to post-COVID-19 and, yeah, and yeah. capture rates and all that stuff. So I'll, I'll reel myself back in here to the, the current time. Um, what about the handoff? I mean, that that's always been a, a, a critical point in the optical. And I think before it was looked at in terms of what does the doctor need to say to uh, to make maybe the optician's job even easier. It, and that's changed a little bit in terms of the patient's expectations around, around safety. What should doctors be thinking about in terms of that handoff? What should they be saying uh, to the optician at that particular point of the exam? I would not change the handoff. I'm a, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big uh, supporter of, uh, of actually for the doctor to, to walk the patient from the exam lane into the, into the optical dispensary. I know there is a little bit of controversy about this. Some, some doctors do that way. Some doctors use the paging system and they have the opticians coming in the exam lane and, uh, and do that. I am a firm believer that the doctor needs to walk outside of the exam lane, go into the, um, into the optical dispensary and uh, physically end off uh, the, the patients to the opticians. Now, in the old days, the problem used to be the optician may be too busy not to be able to attend uh, as, I, as I need to do that. So we probably need to excuse and all of that. Uh, in, in the new reality, the, the opticians or the technicians are going to be there waiting for the doctor because we're seeing a different flow, right? And respecting social distancing, I think is very important for the doctor to do the proper end off because, uh, I mean, in most cases, you guys are using medical records. So you're not handing that prescription anymore. Everything is electronically transmitted. So that prescription it needs to be hand off uh, verbally uh, from, the, from the doctor to the opticians in the presence of the patient where the doctor is addressing the, uh, the opticians but he's also looking at the patient because that's a medical 
recommendation. It, it's a it's a, it's a prescription, and and if it's done, if, if that process is done properly, we're not trying to oversell anybody. We're just trying to educate that the patients on what we feel, and in this case, you as a doctor, and what you feel it's uh, it's important to be able to address what you discover are the needs for that specific uh, for that specific patient. So. What are your thoughts on, and are you seeing more offices do this ship eyewear to the patient as a um, as a way to reduce office visits? I love that. I think the I think the product needs to be pre-adjusted as selection, and um, and I will certainly give the option to the patient to choose if they want to stop by and pick it up, and uh, and if they pick it up, it has to be a non a non intrusive type of situation. It cannot be another sit down moment to redo the entire dispensing part. But I know some optometrists have have a drive through service. If you have a drive through service these days, that is going to be very beneficial for the pickup of the contact lenses, the pickup of the glasses. If you don't, I will strongly leverage on um, on a shipping. Um, shipping the product to them. And that can be an opportunity to highlight the experience with a, with a nice thank you card, with a surprise a cleaning cloth, a surprising a cleaning device that goes along with that, almost like a gift with, the, with purchase. And, uh, or even uh, another option, it can be uh, a drop box. You know, I spoke in, uh, about this in uh, many of my trainings, even years ago, about the importance to have a drop box outside of the Optometric practice for the patient to be able to pick up the material at their convenience. So I think we're going to see uh, these uh, kind of things also evolving as well. But I'm I'm a, I'm a firm believer that uh, giving the option to the patient to receive the product at their home uh, as an option uh, is definitely that's something that we should look into. Yeah. Is the so the number of frames kept in inventory before it was easier to determine because it was predicated on past data. We, we, yeah. we knew, I mean, we could, we could bump that up or bump it down accordingly. Going into the uncertainties of the, the near future and not knowing what that's gonna look like. I mean, from a volume standpoint, most offices have been, you know, to some degree forced to see fewer patients to be able to maintain all these safety protocols. And even moving forward, that remains to be seen what that looks like, but what are your thoughts and any uh, suggestions on on inventory, adjusting inventory for somewhat of an unknown uh, future? Well, we need to work on that because uh, optometrists in general uh, had a tendency to carry too many brands and too many frames. And um, on, on, on average, uh, on average, an optometric practice probably has a today uh, two or three hundred frames more than what they really need. Um, I have a specific training on that topic, which is called the DNA of assortment planning, which, uh, uh, you know, it's a, it's a 30, 30 minutes of training is actually uploaded on your website. And it can give an indication of uh, um, how many frame an optometric practice needs based on, uh, based on uh, specific uh, data. I don't think we're gonna see a, a decline of the numbers of patients coming coming through. As Manufet, what I'm hearing that the books are, are getting uh, very full, very fast. And the challenge is uh, how can I see all of these patients that, that, I, that I need to see? So maybe some of the the timing is, is, uh, is adjusted. I'm hearing optometrists that they're scheduling patients once an hour, uh, some of them every 45 minutes, but I was just on the phone with the customers in, uh, in Las Vegas that are already seeing patients every 25 minutes. So 
that, that can change a little bit the map, mm -hmm. but um, definitely the inventory needs to be trimmed down. Uh, if I was an optometrist today, I will seek for a, for a vendor that is a true partner that is offering me free shipping solution for me not to overbuy, but for me to buy as I need. I think auto replenishment is becoming more relevant as we, as we go. I think it's better to auto replenish effectively, maybe one or two, two times a week, even three times a week if it's needed as long as there is a free shipping solution, then waiting for, uh, for the reps to come in and uh, which is gonna be another issue. And uh, you know, how many reps are coming in, how frequently, how we're gonna handle that. And uh, so I would definitely suggest you to auto refinish as you, as you go leveraging on, uh, on free shipping uh, uh, solution, which I think is gonna be another change of behavior that I think we're gonna see um, taking effect in the next in the next few months. Alessandro, are you getting much feedback in terms of the, uh, you know, I, the volume issue has been something that I, I think will will return. I, I don't think the volume is going to be the ultimate issue because people still need eye care. They still need they still need to be able to see. So, and I do think we're going to see this staggering approach to how do we ramp up the schedule? And you're right, it starts a lot of offices opening up to maybe one patient an hour, one patient every 45 minutes. Question becomes, how long is that sustainable? I'm sure many offices are glad to have their doors back open, but the numbers for that can be can be challenging as offices start to look at how do we ramp back up, but still maintain these, these safety standards. So I don't think volume's going to be the issue, but there's a lot of question marks around the appetite for spending as we're entering a time where a lot of people are laid off or furloughed, unemployed, concerned about their own future. Do you, are you getting feedback on that from offices in terms of the, you know, the, the willingness for, because I've heard both sides of it. I've heard offices that say, well, I, a lot of our patients are coming in and, and they don't want to do that. But more than I've realized, more than I thought there would be heard a lot of doctors saying, actually, that hasn't been an issue. People seem eager to get back in and, and spend money on their vision. Yeah, you know, uh, <clears throat> I, um, I created another training that I suggest your audience uh, to, to look. It's, uh, it's uploaded on your website, which is the art of, uh, of selling multiples. And uh, there are some relevant information in that training. Um, uh, two things you're going to, to see, Steve, from my point of view. The first wave is going to be the rush of uh, of, of uh, benefit utilization. Remember, we've been uh, we've been on lockdown now for 55 days. So these are 55 days of which a patient have not been able to use benefit that they that they've been paying for. It if they're still uh, employee, uh, if they're furlough, uh, their employer is still active. So I'm sorry, their benefit are still active. So they still have benefit that they can. Uh, that they can be utilized. And obviously, if they're on full unemployment, they, 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 they probably transition into a COBRA plan if they could afford it. Most people didn't, so their benefits are not there. So we're going to see a, a wave of patients that are going to come in and they're going to push for benefit utilization, which is going to be great because they're going to be able to, to leverage on that. And um, then we're going to see a, a segmentation of patients that, uh, that they need, they need the product, because remember, we are offering an essential service and uh, a very important service. I mean, this is not buying a pair of shoes, you know, these are glasses that we need. And uh, 
So they're going to need that product. So I think we need to gear up for that. Um, I'm hearing a lot of practices that they're seeking for uh, diversification in price point that they never had before, uh, entry-level uh, product that they never carried before, bundle product with the frame and lenses at entry level to offer that solution because the last thing that you want is uh, now to have that patient to come in and to see you so now you're, you're doing all of, all of the things that you're doing and taking all of the risk that you're doing to be able to welcome that patient to come back in for you to retain just the the eye examination and that that patient is going to ask you for the prescription to go buy that frame online at warby parker really mm-hmm. are we going to do that I mean, are we going to allow to all of this risk, all of this safety procedure, uh, all of this travel, and then to allow that patient to walk away to go to Warby mm-hmm. Parker? Shame on us. So we need to have uh, this uh, solution to now more than ever before. If that patient comes in, it's our patient. Capture rate right now needs to be to 100%. There, there is no such things I want to I want a copy of my prescription because I'm going to fill it online. You know, we have to we have to overcome that. And to overcome that, we have to offer solutions. You know, why would you buy online? Why would you go to Warby Parker? I can offer you the same service if that's what you want. Now, it doesn't mean that you have to promote that specific service for you to be able to push in sales, but it has to be an option. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, no doubt. I mean, something has to change with the, with the, approach. And like you said, probably now more than ever, because it's this super challenging time of having to all of a sudden, if you were seeing three or four patients before, you weren't as exposed to one of those going to a an online retailer or just saying you're putting off the um, getting glasses or a second pair for a different time. But now if you're booking one patient an hour, you're, you're incredibly exposed to some poor standards around communicating, around selling, around retailing. So I think offices have no choice but to look at their process and their procedures there, start to track some metrics if they weren't before. And it's probably a good thing because it forces you to adapt to some things that maybe you weren't doing before, but to look at what do we have to change now to get through this particularly challenging time, but the kind of things that we could continue to apply in the future as well that will serve us and our patients in in the best way. Because I agree, a lot of the things that happen in offices that frustrate doctors, it's not in the best interest of the practice or the patient. So maybe there's something to be said for being a little bit more proactive in this area in terms of communicating and connecting with patients so they understand better and are more willing to keep their business in with you. So as we wrap things up here, Alessandro, uh, one last question around the, um, it's a vendor question. So a lot of people are insisting on receiving a new frame and not the display. Will vendors give free drop shipping? They should. They, they should. I mean, I mean, we certainly do. I mean, we have a we have a system in place where we offer free shipping. I think, uh, I think also um, the, the the optician that is in charge of reordering product needs to be mindful that uh, probably that reorder needs to be done um, at the end of the day, maybe every two days, and uh, to kind of uh, combine, combine, uh, combine. Um, uh, different type of uh, works. So, so we, we don't receive 150 shipments a day, right? So I think we need to be mindful of, of, of each other because we're in this together, we're in this uh, to help each other out. 
for my company, we do have a free shipping option and, and I think every company should offer that. So I think it's a must in really building a business, a business partnership. I can, I can understand the reason why a patient may want, uh, a, may want a new product. And, uh, uh, you know, and um, I, I definitely understand that. I, I do think, though, that it's important to pre-adjust that, uh, um, that specific uh, sample to be able to offer that, um, that, that service that we discussed before. And uh, now all of a sudden, you know, I will give the patient a double option. You know, we can, uh, we, we can take this sample, we can remove it from, from the board, we can disinfect it and we can sanitize it and we can pre-adjust it. It will be like brand new, nobody else is gonna try it on. So we can also specify that. Because, you know, if it is a new, a new sample coming from the factory, remember, then you're gonna have to do uh, the, the adjustment. So I created the other set of, uh, of a complication, which is have the patient coming back in and doing all of that. So I will kind of use also that the communication styles to be able to explain to the patient the benefit and, and the safety procedure in place to try to push the utilization of what's in, uh, what's in the store so we can uh, uh, increase uh, efficiency. Because if we start to promote um, uh, the, the one-way communication, like the policy is that we're gonna reorder every single piece that, 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 that can create some, uh, some potential, potential logistic issue for, for, a, for an optometric practice. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, Alessandro, thank you so much. This was, uh, it's it very insightful. I'm so glad we had a chance to talk to you. How do people find out more about Derigo REM? Well, it's, uh, you guys are doing a phenomenal job. I mean, we are so happy with our relationship with, uh, with IDOC. You guys have an amazing uh, website full of resources. And uh, so my suggestion is uh, to go on your website and, uh, and, and look uh, for, for the information that is readily available. And uh, there is all kinds of material in there, not only about our company, but what our company can do for, for your members. And uh, so, you know, it's, uh, yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks again for your time. Uh, thanks to everyone who tuned in. And just so you know, this was recorded if you didn't see the whole thing and there'll be a link to the uh, to our website, the COVID-19 resource page. You could just go to idoc.net. You'll see a button for that. And I just wanna mention our mission at IDOC is and has been to help practice owners live the practice of their dreams. And sometimes obstacles get in the way of dreams that you have to navigate around. But uh, we've been unwavering in our mission to continue to work with practices to, to navigate through these changes and, and, and live the practice of their dreams. And we have no intention of, uh, of discontinuing that. So if you're not an IDOC member and you're interested in, in how we can help with that, don't hesitate to reach out. And thanks again, everyone. Thank you, Alessandro. And please stay everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. Be safe.